You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up, War Report family? It is Wednesday, February 22nd, and we're talking Alabama and the Brandon Miller situation. Nato's made some questionable comments about the whole ordeal. What was he thinking? I don't know, but let's drop it on him. Now, now listening, listening to, to the War Report. On a Wednesday morning with my guy, B. Will. B. Yeah, let's drop. Let's jump right into this. Guy. Um, some Alabama players were charged with some pretty bad things. Um, condolences uh, to the family of the young woman who died. Um, you know, any, any loss of life is a tragedy. And we definitely want to acknowledge that before we get into these topics. Um, however, as it relates to sports, um, there is some consternation over how Nate Oates is handling all this. Now, uh, it was been widely reported that the murder weapon was delivered to Miles and Davis by Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. He got up at 1.30 in the morning, drove a gun to a guy, texted him, there's one in the chamber, and we're sitting here arguing over whether there's any culpability here or not opening thoughts on this be just, I mean, I'm not even going to ask a question. Go. <laughs> All right. So let me, we, we got to take this in phases, man. We got to take this in steps. All right. Okay. Cause there's, there's a lot to this. The situation itself, as you said, it's, it's tragic. Somebody died mm-hmm. that night over nothing that was worth risking anybody's life for. Never there are certain was. things that are worth risking lives for, Nothing was was at stake like that that night. This was simple, bad judgment, bad decisions, and at least a certain amount of malice for somebody's life to be taken. And from the evidence that this was police testimony was was the information I saw. Police testimony says Brandon Miller got a text, drove a gun, and had something to do with the car blocking the the female uh, victim's escape. Or, or whatever was going on, I I really tried my best to stay away from that situation because number one, it was it was incredibly sad. Number two, I I don't want I didn't want to get so in, in depth with somebody lost their lives. Now let's dunk on the other team. It's like that's not a reason to dunk on the other team. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Correct. When Correct. it comes to fandom and rivalries, somebody dying is not a ha. I told you so. Okay. This situation is tragic. What it puts a spotlight on more than anything is the decision-making of head coach Nate Oates. The halo of protection around college athletes when they can do so much for your program and, and the visibility of the university. Mm. If that situation occurs... Nate Oates said when asked, oh, yeah, well, we knew about these things, but he has not been charged with a crime. Okay. We have long. Go ahead. ahead. So Again, he knew that he drove the gun to the thing, to the, to the murder scene. Is that what he's saying he knew? He said. He was asked in, in the presser, with the clip I saw of the presser, mm-hmm. he said, yes, all this information we have had, but it was a wrong place, wrong time. 
and no no crime was being charged. He is sticking to the well. He's not being charged with a crime. Mm. He's not gotten arrested, so he's all good. Okay. We have long maligned Gus Malzahn's job performance, but one thing we gave him credit for, and one thing that Gus was probably overly heavy-handed with, yeah, was too heavy-handed. Yeah, you step a toe across the line of legality. Mm-hmm. Even the the impropriety, the the appearance of impropriety, you on the chopping block. All right, do you lose some good players? Yes. Do you lose some program defining players? Perhaps, but there have to be consequences, not just for committing a crime or getting charged with a crime or putting yourself in the vicinity of a like this. If this entire situation had transpired in the heat of a moment, everybody's leaving the club. It's late. People get to arguing, and the player who committed the crime already had this this gun on him. Right. Completely different situation. Then you're there with people that you're on the team with. He makes a bad decision. You're in the vicinity. Now you're just caught in the crossfire. That's a completely different situation. What is being described here is that Brandon Miller made the conscious decision to to bring a murder weapon to the murder scene. Right. Now, listen. He didn't know it was going to be a murder weapon. I, w- I want to be clear here. He didn't right. know it was going to be a w- murder weapon. But where, I, where I'm at on this is this is an opportunity for you to teach these young men about judgment. Right. If somebody calls you at 1 a.m. in the morning and says, bring me a gun, nothing good is going down. Now, let me tell you something. My mom used to say, son, no good things are happening out, out, out on these streets after 10 o'clock at night. Right. After 10 p.m., if you are not in the house, you are asking for trouble. Trouble will find you. And here we are with not only was it after 10 p.m., it was 1.30 in the morning, but he's literally asking you to bring him a gun. And you ask no questions? So he could not possibly feign ignorance of what could have gone down. The situation was grave. As soon as you got a text saying, bring me a gun. Gun, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if if it's me and I tweeted this out, the answer is immediately no. If you're in trouble and you need a gun, you probably can't afford to wait on me to bring it to you. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call the police, bro. That's a better bet. And then if you need it that bad, come get it. Yeah. Now, I'm not bringing it to you because I'm not transporting a firearm that I'm not legally registered to possess. Yeah. How many times have we seen guys who have gotten in trouble for even defending yourself with a gun that you're not supposed to be operating, you don't have a license for? It could be licensed to somebody, but if it's when it's in your possession, you're responsible for what you have in your possession. That was a bad decision. There were yeah. so many bad decisions. Yes. That I would say NATO has a responsibility to suspend based on conduct detrimental to the team. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. Conduct, yeah. De- conduct detrimental, B. Yeah. This was conduct detrimental because you are in the middle of one of the most historic runs in, in your program history. Yeah. And now people are talking about the decision that you made to wake up at 1.30 in the morning and go take your teammate a gun. Even if it was, and it was his gun, it was legally registered to Miles. Still a bad decision. Yeah. First of all, the gun shouldn't even been in your possession. If the gun wasn't in your possession at all, we're not talking about you. 
This is about how two players made a decision to do something that tragically cost a young lady her life. And right. we're not talking about this in this way. NATO doesn't have to make any comments. Right. This, I mean, this is bad decisions were made all the way around. And I think it's, it is paramount that Nate Oates acknowledged that for this young man's sake. Yeah. Right. Lessons need to be learned. The lesson is not you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Give me a break, Nate. This you is took a, yourself to the wrong place. Yeah. This was a whole, this is a whole ass adult saying this, man. If you had kids, I hope that that's not the message that he would send to his kid if his kid was in the same situation. You made a bad decision. Yeah. That's the bottom line in all this. He made a bad decision, and that decision directly led to the loss of life. Yes. Now, does he deserve to be in jail? I, I don't think so. But at the very least, Right. This is conduct detrimental to the team because you are an ambassador of the University of Alabama at all times, Brian. Yeah. And you made a decision that has brought negativity. And has brought, you know, a, a, a negative spotlight to your team and your teammates. You got to sit. You got to sit for a few games and without, think about it. And think about it right. W- without knowing the legal system thoroughly, because I, I don't deal in, in, in criminal cases. I wonder what the the hurdle is for accessory to murder. Has that burden been met? Somebody says, "Bring me a gun." You bring them that gun. Somebody dies with that gun. That, that if you don't bring them that gun, does that person get shot? Right. No. But, but right. But you have to. You know. I mean. Again. I think the DA is saying here. There's. There, you can't prove any intent on Miller's part. There's right. no intent. Right now, there was there has been circling on social media. There's been a lot made of the fact that he texted. There's one in the chamber. Right now, I want to I want to explain. From my my understanding is, it is not uncommon when you give somebody a gun to let them know that there's one in the chamber for safety reasons. Right. Right. So like like a lot of people were taking that like he was saying, "Hey, bro, there's one in the chamber. Cap away." (laughs) Right. Now you can interpret it that way. Yeah, I, I I don't think that that's what was happening there. I think when you give somebody a gun, you like if he knows if you know anything about handling guns, right? You if I'm handling, it, I'm checking to see if there's one in the chamber because in case of accidental fire, right? Right? There's one in the chamber. That gun is a danger to everybody around it. Throw the safety on. There's one in the chamber, and it happens all the time in in you know in college. I used to go out to Prattville with a friend whose dad owned this big land, all this land and a bunch of guns, enough guns to start a small, to arm a small militia. <laughs> and when we go back on the back of the property to shoot, right? Like, again, the idea was the gun always has to be pointed in a certain direction because it could accidentally discharge. That's right. the thing. Yeah. So knowing that there's one in the chamber is important to the person that you're giving the firearm to. Now, I don't know how much Brandon Miller knows about guns or if that was his intent, but I'm just saying there is a plausible explanation for why he would text something like that right. before handing somebody a firearm. Right. Um, now, uh, outside of that, I just, again, I think it's very hard to prove intent on his part. A lot of bad decisions, man. Like, you should have asked the question. Right. You could have asked the question. You could have been just like, hey, bro, you need a gun? It's 1.30 in the morning. What's up? <laughs> Where right. is that exchange in the text? Where he says, yeah. hey, man, what's going on? And you said, hey, man, we're about to cap on these fools. And you'd be like, eh, I don't know if I want to be part of that. <laughs> right. At, at, at some point, accountability has to fall 
on Brandon Miller. Like these are not uh, robots, man. They're not mannequins who are just doing what what a coach tells them to do during the basketball season. And when they get out of basketball practice, they just sit on in a chair all day and wait for basketball practice to start again. These are humans. They make decisions. They have an understanding of how things work. Obviously, you were willing to be a down for whatever teammate in the sense that, hey, bring me my gun. This could lead to violence. Now, he didn't say this could lead to violence. You know what a gun is, though. Like, we don't we don't have to treat this kid like he's 12. All right, right. Th- there is a situation where I can say, I don't know if he really knew what was going on there. Yeah, 12, 13, 14. Once you get past 14, I'm like, no, nah, you, you know what a gun is and what it does, all right? And you know the weight of it. It's not just something that's cool and I got it and something to play with. This is serious. You have so much to lose as a prospect who's playing the way you've been playing. This happened mm-hmm. in January. It's not like, all right, well, I got on campus and I don't really know what's going on. I'm going to go out for the nightlife and this is my teammate. I've been with him for the past three months. Let's have some fun. Oh, I don't know. This is, we've been on campus. We've been playing games. We're having a really good season. Mm -hmm. I'm having a good season. There's so much at stake here. So many reasons to say, nah, man, I'm not doing that. But at no point did he do that. He didn't turn down his teammates' uh, request for the gun. He brought him a gun. He, uh, and again, I think more than there's one in the chamber being indicative of what his mind state might have been, whatever the situation, I will have to read to get exactly to find that police report or, or the testimony or if it's transcripted somewhere. What did he do with his car to exacerbate or instigate the situation? Right. Now, sure. that shows a willingness to participate in a situation that then became deadly. And that combined with bringing the gun to the scene, I think, is far more serious than just. Here, let me bring you your gun because this is your property. I'm, right. At least the gun was legally owned. That's something that, you know, so you know right. it's it was, his gun. It, yeah, he brought him a firearm that was legally registered to the guy who called for it. Right. Yeah, right. yeah that can't be understated, right? right. So now, it was Miles' gun and it was registered to him. Yeah, there's something that, and I don't know how often I've said this on the show, both of my parents were graduates of the University of Alabama in the late 70s. So I am the product of two Bammers. I know, I know. But they did something great. It was called me. And one thing that my dad told me, <laughs> that he had he had heard, because he had friends who went to Auburn, because Auburn was letting Black students in earlier than the University of Alabama was. And Black players as well. Black people, um, guys, who if they played basketball or football, um, Auburn was ahead on that, ahead of Alabama. And he said one thing that was known was that the University of Alabama had its own uh, way of handling discipline and policing. Mm -hmm. Who worked on campus to handle rowdy situations, to handle um, something, a party getting out of hand, they worked for the university. At Auburn, AUPD works for everything. These people work for the city at Auburn. And the University of Alabama, they work for the University of Alabama. They have a vested interest in the success of the University of Alabama. And once I cross-referenced that testimony from my dad with the experiences that were described to me from students who had graduated high school with me but gone to the University of Alabama, Mm -hmm. things were not handled the same between these two universities, have never Mm -hmm. been handled the same, all right? Mm -hmm. A lot gets unreported, swept under the rug. There is a a halo, a, a golden umbrella for the players who are competing and doing well, which is why as soon as they get from under the umbrella at Alabama, they have problems and people are, oh, well, he wasn't a problem Alabama. Well, do you think that it's more likely that 
he was a model citizen in Alabama. And as mm. soon the day he left, he turned into uh, a, a, a hooligan. Or do you think it's more likely that this is always who this player was and it was kept under control so he could keep contributing athletically? Now, right. which one of those do you think is most likely and be a grown-up and have some common sense about it? Yeah, I mean, there there, there are a couple arguments to be made for, for I, what you're saying I completely agree with. You know, once these guys go pro and they get a bunch of money and freedom, you know, some of them do go stupid. You know, however, you're right. Like, you know, that behavior is usually ingrained um, and reinforced and, um, you know, indirectly or directly encouraged. Mm -hmm. And then they take that behavior into the pros and then it's exacerbated by the fact that they have money and resources and attention. So, I mean, this uh, is a sad situation all around. Uh, you know, the right messages need to be sent here. I think this goes beyond fandom B. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, NATO's has an opportunity uh, to really maybe even save this young man's life later by teaching him this lesson now. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. B, let's get to some comments yes, here. Um, so coming in is Raleigh M. Hot. Wow, how this guy isn't suspended. Yes, Sharif Cooper was suspended for a minute over, much less. Make it make sense. Again, how coaches decided to handle these particular situations shines a light on what is important. And you're sending messages that Again, ball is greater than life, and it's not. And no. I, I think that this is a perfect example of where guys get suspended, have been suspended both on the pro and the college level for a lot less. Yeah. yeah. I think, right? Now, so, yeah. Yeah. And in Sharif Cooper's situation, who Bruce Pearl was coming into the Auburn job, he had already had his run in with the, with the NCAA. Mm -hmm. He knew, and Auburn knew that they had to play it safe. They right. had to stay ahead of things. How um, our compliance and our uh, athletic director decided to handle anything that might come up and, and how they handled the Sharif Cooper thing was, hey, man, we're, we're going to sit him. We're going to sit Austin Wiley when that situation went down. And we're not going to get snippy with the NCAA about like, ah, y'all have to prove it. Y'all got to make me sit. Y'all got to make me forfeit some games. LSU had to go through that, right? Well, Will Wade did a bunch of stupid stuff. And instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to resign. Let me save the university some, some scholarships later when they get nicked for it. Let me save some vacated wins. Let me save some time. We gave ourselves one postseason ban and, and let the NCAA say, all right, Sharif, you can't play right now. And what that probably saved us was when that final verdict came out from the NCAA, we were good. We still, had, we still lost those couple scholarships that were down, but when did those come back into effect? Is it now? Is it this year? Or, or next year, I don't remember, but mm -hmm. by being cooperative, by not being so defiant up front, by being the, can, okay with going, you know what? We will sit whoever it is while you investigate or 
we will go ahead and suspend ourselves. We will cost ourselves some productivity now to save some, some problems later. We saved ourselves a lot. We saved ourselves a lot of trouble. The visibility and the optics have been much better for Auburn right. because of that. I don't think they have the same game plan at the University yeah. of Alabama. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we choose violence. Right. <laughs> we're we're in the middle of a historic run. Because we'll basketball we'll out later. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball is so much more different from football. If you had a, a football player go through that, he's going to be down for a year, but he's got two more years to come back. And he'll be better the next year than he was this year. Basketball, Brandon Miller probably wouldn't. If nothing had happened to Brandon Miller, he's going he would not come year. back. Yeah, yeah, he's going he's going after this year. Yeah, uh, so they're trying to take advantage of this is they Nato's probably feels like this is my one shot, and mm-hmm. the university is going to back them on that because they want that success that's going to come from having a great player on the floor. And I just they're not going to do it. They're not going to unless somebody makes them. They're not going to say, "Hey, best player, a, uh, a draft lottery prospect, you sit down, even if you absolutely deserve it." Because we are willing to forego short-term success for long-term stability. They're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, James Barnett says, what up, fellas? This is crazy, but shows you how programs outside of Auburn get away with stuff. Cooper mixed half of the, missed half of the season because his dad was a scout. Shaking my head. Again, the Cooper yeah. situation, sad. Uh, Haley Tubbs, uh, one of our favorites, comment, since says he was going to use it. Legally, intent probably can't be proven. At best, you don't allow anyone who was involved in this situation on scholarship and playing for your team. Now, I, I think, again, a suspension is warranted. Yeah. You know, listen, man, they're going to make the tournament. They're going to make the tournament. But he needs to sit, I think, for the remainder of the season and the SEC tournament at the very least. Yeah. Sit him down, man, and send a message here that, like, listen, you made a bad decision. That decision indirectly led to the loss of life. This is a serious thing, right? You know what it's like, B, Mm. is if I'm on the road and I do something dangerous on the road Mm -hmm. and everybody behind me has to swerve because of the dangerous thing I did, and then those cars collide and they get in an accident and somebody dies and I keep driving. I didn't intend to kill anybody, but what I did was still dangerous and it did lead to the loss of life. And if I get cited for that, I'm responsible. I should yeah. be responsible. Even if I didn't get into the accident, if I wasn't involved in the wreck, right? My driving crazy led to the cars behind me having to take evasive maneuvers and then somebody dies. I don't, I don't get it. Right. I think it's the same thing. It is. Except, except for this, at this, in this juncture, you had a clear opportunity to make a decision about whether you got involved or not. Yeah. He had a chance. He had a chance. There was an out here. So I agree with Haley um, that I don't, I don't know that he should lose his scholarship because I don't think that a bad decision should end your life or end your career when it's just a bad decision, but this was a really bad decision. I think we should just call it that. Um, uh, legit says, guys should never have played another second when this came out. Um, again, I don't know that I agree with that. I'm just saying, I think he should sit and a message should be sent. Stuart Donald says, the law says that you are n- not only responsible for what you know, but what you should have known. <laughs> a 1.30 a.m. text asking you to bring a gun to the strip. You should have known violence was likely. Now, Again, the legality of this is why lawyers get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we can go back and forth about intent, what he should have known, and what is punishable under the law. Right. Right? So um, my dad used to teach 
that, hey, when I got my first car, you remember that crappy Cavalier I had in college, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, uh, we called it the, the Cavalac. Looked mm-hmm. like a Caval- Cavalier, rode like a Cadillac. Cavalac. <laughs> um, he would say, you know, and this is a retired Army vet and a retired police officer. Mm-hmm. Son, you are responsible as the driver for everybody who gets in your car and what they have on them in the eyes of the law. Mm-hmm. Right? So if somebody gets in your car, you need to know who you're transporting and what they have on them because they might pin it all on you. Yeah. If nobody wants to take responsibility if they have drugs or weapons. Yeah. That's it. And so I always took that to heart. And let me tell you something. If you, I didn't like, listen, even if your gun was registered to you, you weren't getting in my car with it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. buddy. You know, because I don't know what you plan to do with that gun later. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be the guy that drove you there mm. unknowingly. <laughs> right. I just don't. So good judgment is what my dad was talking about. I think Brandon Miller could have benefited from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Haley Tubbs, again, the only thing this young man has learned is what is that if I'm talented enough, I can do whatever I want without consequences. I think this is the message that you risk sending, B, by not. Yeah. Suspending here, right? The, this this is the problem with a lot of athletes. And Alabama's not the only place where this happens. This happens at a lot of other places. You know, things get uh, swept under the rug. Um, players get going back as early as middle school when when they're just when they're on the football team and 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 they're balling out, but they don't have the grades. Man, teachers change grades and and things get glossed over just so this kid can keep getting on the field of the court. And it happens a lot. It continues as long as that kid is able to do something for the coach and the school and the program. They're going to get handled with kid gloves until the point where their behavior gets so bad that then their career has to come to a a screeching halt. And that's the problem. That's what we risk here is instead of stopping them wherever they're at and say, hey, this is a bad decision. Let me tell you why you can't make these types of decisions. Right. Right. Wherever they're at, you're going to save them a lot of trouble if that happens. Uh, if you do that for them early in, in in high school, if they're having problems or skipping class or in college when they're a freshman and they're doing dumb stuff like this, this is where you stop them and say, listen, no, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble and you're going to miss the rest of this season for bringing a gun to a guy that told you to bring a gun. Mm-hmm. And when you got there, he was in, in an altercation with somebody at 130 in the morning. That was stupid. And you should have never did that. And you will never have to wonder if that was a bad decision because you're going to know it because you're not going to play the rest of the season. Now, if you want to go off and you leave after the season because you are eligible, go do it. But as a coach, as a mentor, I can't let you think that that was cool. You're sitting down. Right. Absolutely. That, that, that's how you make that decision. It's easy. You're making the best decision for him. And, you know, is it the best decision for your program? No. It's no. not the best decision for your football, for your basketball program this year. But if you're a good coach and you believe that you're a good coach, Randy Miller being here won't be the last time you'll be eligible and in, in the fight for the SEC and for the NCAA tournament in the top seed. You can do it again because you're a good coach. Now, if you think you're a one-off and this is the one time and I got to go ahead and do it, I don't know. Maybe Calipari, you know what I'm saying, which is he's a, a one, one championship in 20 years type guy. Then yeah, maybe you do it then. But otherwise, you go, what's best for you? There'll be other opportunities. We'll try again another time. Yeah, um, I agree. I, not only if you're a good coach, B, if you're a good man, if you're a good mentor, if you're a good role model, you sit this kid. Right. 
I think it's, I think it's that simple, right? Uh, Peepaw says it's tragic. There's no rec- there was no recourse. I essentially was banned from a college track team because I was hit by a drunk driver at 9.20 p.m. Coach got the wrong story and took action. I think it's just kind of highlights. People have lots, a lot more for a lot less. So yeah. no action here makes no for sense. Sure. Ernest Vaughn says no accountability and will transfer into a rug situation. Again, no, no, no accountability, no consequences means people get bolder about what they do. And yeah. I don't think the message should be, oh, son, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. No way. No way. Nobody's saying to him, what were you thinking taking this dude a gun at 1.30 a.m.? I don't care if it belonged to him. Right. That's it, bro. It's just not a good decision. This sounds crazy to say out loud. Bama fans are trying to justify it by saying it was his gun. It was, it was Miles's gun. It was registered to him. He just returned it. No, man, he transported a firearm not legally registered to him to yeah. somebody at 1.30 a.m. in the morning who said, yeah. bring me my gun. You got there, probably saw the situation. I should have been, and, and like, he, and when he got there, was he not like, mm, hey, bro, I was a little groggy when you woke me up. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> right? Why did you need this at 1.30 in the morning? Uh, right. I, I can't stress enough. If you need me to bring you your gun, the time that it takes for me to get up and get to you with the gun, you could probably just call the cops. Right. But you're definitely planning to do something if you're willing to wait on me to get there for it. Yeah. Um, legit says he brought a murder weapon to a murder scene. I don't understand why there isn't a question about what should will happen to him. Now, listen, there's a ton of question because intent does matter. It does. I don't believe he should go to jail you know, for do, for essentially being ignorant. Now, I understand people have gone to jail for being ignorant uh, or doing something ignorant. I get it. Um, but I don't think that that should start with Brandon Miller. Like, I, you know, I don't, I just feel like, again, this was a dumb decision. There can be real life consequences for him. It just doesn't have to involve him losing years of his life to jail. Right. So I get it. Yeah. Um, Stuart Donald says the DA is not doing their job properly. There's at least enough to take Miller to a grand jury. Let them decide how culpable he is for his action. Now, you know, the problem with a lot of this is, is that there is a lot that is up for interpretation. And, you know, the people with the best lawyers can bend the law to their narrative. Well, right. And this situation where intent is, in, is it, it matters and is in question, right? Like, you did something that led to something. Now, should you be held responsible in some way? Sure. Does that mean jail time? I'm just not so sure in the situation. Right. And I'm, But see, I don't think uh, Stu is, is advocating for jail time necessarily. I Again, if you want to check on some of the bona fides of the people who are making these decisions, um, as a matter of fact, I see uh, Mystic Wanderer making this comment over here. Jameis Winston, same thing with the rape charges, protected by the law enforcement down there in Tallahassee. There is, and the war report is not telling you this. This is be will telling you on very common sense and common language. Let be will own this law enforcement in areas where major university programs are successful does not handle athletes the same way they handle the common resident. 100%. They do not. 100%. They do not. So if you're surprised that somebody who brought a gun to a scene and it ended up being used in a murder shortly thereafter has not been, I don't know, 
locked up right now or in or in holding? I am not surprised because of what I just told you. Kid gloves, completely different situation. Now, conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat. No, this is just a fact. This is how things go. And there's it's not to say that over the years and years and years and years that we have been fans of college football in Auburn, that something similar could not have happened here. No. Mm. I choose not to know that. I don't ask any questions about anything that goes on in Auburn because I don't want to know. I mm-hmm. do not want to know. I know it goes on <laughs> other places because I ask and I want to know. So I ask, hey, what y'all do over Christmas break? Oh, that's what happened? Oh, that's how it goes down in Tuscaloosa, huh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's There's different levels to it and we would be ignorant to sit here and think that it doesn't happen everywhere, but it would also be ignorant to, to disregard that it's much more severe in some places than others. Right. Um, I think that that was some of the wisdom of Auburn rolling the AUPD, essentially the campus PD, into the Auburn Police Department and then just giving them a precinct on campus, right, right? Um, to av- at least try to avoid the appearance of favoritism or any kind of impropriety as it pertains to athletes and students and treating them differently than the normal population of the city. Um, Philip Hall says, it's not the same thing as, is it not the same thing as being a driver who drove the killer to the scene? Again, if it, it's not, if you, if the driver doesn't know that he's driving a killer to a scene. Now, is he responsible to report and say immediately, you know, you got to prove what somebody knew to prove that they were accomplice. Right. To it, right? And I think that that is the legality that's going to be argued up and down. Uh, James uh, McElpine says, I'm no lawyer, just love sports on the sports side of it. What Nate Oates is proving is what we all know about coaches and their star players. Again, you know, this uh, opportunity here to just say, yeah, like, listen, there are some things that are not more important than life and the lessons that we learn and sitting kids down and saying, hey, man, you're going after this year, but I'm going to teach you this lesson now, right? And right. even if it costs my team a chance at a championship. Right. Uh, Haley Tubbs says, the district attorney on this case in Tuscaloosa County is a graduate of UA, just a side note. Um, hey, listen, you, you graduate, you get a job. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't, think th- I don't think we should make this about team affiliations. Um, but I do think that the DA is not completely wrong here in saying, hey, I don't even, because here's the deal. A lot of times, if they don't feel like they're going to get an indictment, they won't send it to a grand jury. This this is not uncommon. The DA will look at the facts of the case and say, I don't think there's enough here to indict. (laughs) I'm not even sending this to a grand jury. It happens all the time. So she looked at it and she said, I don't think there's enough here to indict. That's true. That's true. I I don't know that I necessarily disagree. Based on the what we know right now, if we right. find out other facts later that prove that he knew more about the intent of what that gun was going to be used for when he left his house at 1.30, sure. I could always change. That's true. Now, they, DAs they, could also do that when they don't want an indictment, right? Yeah, true. True okay. as well. Like right. listen, Nothing precludes <laughs> them from bringing charges later if more facts come out that make it clear what the intent was. Right now, we don't have those facts. So unless somebody has those facts and they bury them, we don't know. But I'm just saying, you know, as of right now, based on what we know, I can understand why she arrived at the decision she arrived at. Myself, be will we're signing off. And as always, wake up in the morning and drop it on them.
Drive!